All right, now, everybody, quiet, listen to me. We're going to start a show. Now, some of you people have been with me before. You know it's going to be a tough grind. You're going to dance until your feet fall off. You're not able to stand up any longer, but we're going to have a show. Thanks for joining into the Pink Door Podcast. My name is Jim Aldred, and we're lucky to have Stacy Serrato uh, with us. She's an attorney in Quincy, and she specializes in real estate closings. We met at a networking event down in Braintree. Braintree. In Braintree, and we started talking about real estate, and she has topics she thought people needed to address, and that is title insurance. Stacy. Um, Stacy is an attorney with Hoy and Duane. Uh, she's been with the firm since it's founded. She's a graduate of Boston College Law School with only th- over 30 years of legal experience and primarily focused on real estate closings. And she licensed to practice law in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, state of New York. Okay, Stacy, thanks for being with me this morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Okay. Like I mentioned earlier, we're thinking about topping uh, title insurance. Yes. Um, I've had my issues with title insurance with some of the, my buyers. Um, what is it about title insurance you think is so important? So we're actually in an age where we buy insurance for a lot of things. Um, you wouldn't dare to uh, drive an automobile without insurance. Uh, you probably you know, wouldn't want to step outside your house without health insurance. Um, people have pet insurance. You know, We have a lot of insurance. And what's very important with title insurance is it's really protecting your most important asset that you can buy in your life, which is your home. And throughout the years that I've practiced law, I have really seen it come in handy to save an actual closing and to keep it on track and to close on time. And really, that's what everybody wants. Um, No one wants to be hung up for months. You'll lose your interest rate. I mean... You could lose your the house. Um, you know, might have to start all over again looking. So it it's one of those just like any insurance. You buy it. You hope you don't have to use it. You know, you buy life insurance. You don't want to die, but you buy life insurance. You buy title insurance. You hope you don't have to use it. But if you have to use it, it will save you a lot of headaches, and it could save you um, basically a, a lot of money in the end if there's litigation. Right. Were you talking about losing a house post closing or during the during the closing or during so the... if 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 you're a seller and right. you know we we come across this a lot where there are sellers who have owned their property for years they've refinanced a lot they think their title's fine and what happens is is we run title and we find that there's an issue and the issue makes it so that the buyer won't have good title. So now, you know, as a seller, you can, you can, you have an automatic 30 day extension, but some of the title issues would not be fixed within 30 days. There was one closing, uh, one house where I was looking at 2017 down in Plymouth Mm -hmm. buyer and uh, he he didn't win the offer. uh, But I kept track of it in just in case it, didn't close for whatever reason. And to this date, it hasn't closed because he had title issues. Right. Since so, 2017, they haven't been able to resolve it. 
I'm not sure what it was. If it was somebody, a family member they weren't able to find. Right. Or I don't know what sort of things could have happened. What would something like that have been um, six years, six years ago? So I had a similar, I'll give you an example of a similar situation that I had. It was in Rhode Island. Um, I had a situation where a buyer was buying this, going to buy a house. We did a title exam. Um, The prior owner had bought the house, no problem. No one had mentioned anything to him. Um, when I ran the title, there was an estate, um, maybe 10 years back. And in that estate, somebody had, um, disclaimed their interest. So there was a signed disclaimer by an heir saying, I don't want, you know, any of my interest in this house. And when you see something like that in a title, you think it's great. He disclaimed his interest. The other person gets all the you know the ownership and passes it on to the next owner and then that now this next owner is going to sell but what happened was they didn't disclaim it correctly so here we are you know it's a, a very easy transaction we're all almost ready to close title comes in see the disclaimer and the title company says it's wrong he didn't disclaim it he had 10 days to disclaim it and he disclaimed it on the 12th day so under the rhode island statute it's an invalid disclaimer which means that the current owner didn't have that part of the title that part of the title was still owned by the man who thought he gave it up right so it could have been a big nightmare because a we don't know where the man is okay we have to find him we have to get him to sign off to actually execute a deed to the new owner so right. something like that could take a long time. Mm-hmm. The buyers aren't going to stand there now. My buyer has an interest rate that's running out, you know, her rate up against her rate lock, and she's not going to wait all these years. So it's bad news for the seller. He can't sell. It's bad news for the buyer because the buyer can't wait. Maybe they can wait one extension, but, it, you know, this is a problem that wouldn't take 30 days to solve. So luckily... The seller, the seller knew nothing about this. The seller had refinanced his home several times. It hadn't come up. When he bought his house, it didn't come up. Um, Luckily, he had purchased title insurance at his closing. So very simply, I called up the company that he had his owner's policy with. We also wrote with that company. They were on the hook for it. So they said, go ahead and close. And what we'll do is we'll track down that owner. We'll get him to sign a deed, but we'll go ahead and close. Explain to my buyer, this is the title you're buying. If you're, you know, if you sell it in six months and it isn't fixed, I'm selling you insurance. They're going to cover you. You know, they already had the problem. Um, You know, they were already on the hook for the problem. So she was fine with that. You know, she bought her insurance. So we actually closed on time rather than waiting for this big process to be resolved. So just like your example, where there are, you know, I'm not saying every title has a problem like this, because Lord knows every title doesn't have one of that, you know, magnitude or, or that length of time. Right, right. But when there is, you know, the courts don't work quickly. <laughs> and, the, and sometimes finding people, it doesn't take, I mean, it takes a while. You don't know where these people are. The more time goes by, you know, the more digging you have to do to find somebody um so time isn't your friend 
<laughs> with a no. title. Is it possible to go put and petition and have the issue resolved that way? Is that is that an option? So, yeah, you could have. You could have gone in and, you know, under equity principles or whatever principle you want to try. But once you're at that point, you know, it, it's going to it's going to take a little while. Um, right. And it's so much easier if you have insurance, because if you have the insurance, like I said, you're going to close on time. There's going to be none of these headaches. And if you go to court, who's paying the attorney? You know, it, it when you have insurance, you don't even have to worry about that. Right. So title insurance, uh, we all know yeah. when, when we buy a house, the disclosures, you're buying the, you're paying for the mortgage company's yes. title insurance. Right. So in that, I, go ahead. Yep. It doesn't, right. It, you're absolutely right. So most buyers and a lot of first time buyers don't understand that if you're buying a house and you're getting a mortgage with a bank. Okay, the bank requires you to pay for a loan policy of title insurance. It's just a requirement because that bank wants to know that that title is good. Because if they end up getting the title back, like let's say they foreclose and now they're the owner and they're going to sell, they want to know that their title is good. So they're requiring you to buy title insurance for them. That policy. Mm -hmm does not protect you as a buyer at all. It only protects the bank. Even though it's the same issue, it doesn't protect the buyer. Doesn't. So that loan policy, the insured under that loan policy is your lender. Your lender um, is getting insurance. The insurance states that they are in first position, you know, that their mortgage is first, that there's no other claims above their mortgage. And that's what you're paying for. Um, and a lender will not lend you money if you do not buy that insurance. That's not optional. You have to buy it because the bank, you know, the bank wants to protect an asset that they have an interest in. They want to know that that asset, you know, has good title. And so they're not it, going it's, it's to pay for it themselves, even though right. they. And they want it backed by. They don't want just Stacy Serrato saying the title is good. They want Fidelity National title insurance to say it's good or First American to say it's good or Old Republic to say it's good or a number of title insurers. They don't want to take just the attorney's opinion because, you know, at the end of the day, if they end up owning that property under a foreclosure, they want to make sure that they can resell it. So if the bank, if, if you think about it, if your bank thinks it's so important that your bank needs it, if they, if they, ever resell they want to make sure their title is good why wouldn't you want it right like your bank deems it so important that no bank will lend to you without it yeah if they're smart enough to require it you should be smart enough to buy it on your own or yourself right and i and i think that a lot of i get a lot of questions like buying a home if you're particularly if you're a first-time buyer it is a hard process there's a lot to know you know you're getting a lot of information requests from everybody, from your realtor, from your bank. Um, you know, do you have your homeowner's insurance? Oh, you might need flood insurance. And I get a lot of questions at the closing table because they think that the homeowner's insurance is the same as title insurance. And it's completely different. Your homeowner's insurance will protect you if there's a fire, if there's a slip and fall. It, you know, that's liability insurance. Title insurance is strictly for claims against your ownership of that property. Getting back to what you said, so there are two there are two policies. So you have to buy the lenders. As far as the owners policy, 
that's your policy. That's optional. Um, again, that's one time, one time premium. One time premium. And it's good and for the life of your ownership. Exactly. So as long as you own that um, house, you're the insured. And the reason they they do it this way is in the example I gave in Rhode Island, that was something where when my buyer purchased, the seller had no idea there was a problem. So when he bought his house, whatever it was, 10 years before, he had no idea there was an issue. It came to light when he went to sell. So as a buyer, if I'm buying it, I'm buying an optional policy that could help me if I sell 15 years from now and there's somebody that I have to track down or something comes to light. It, it's still a valid policy as long as you own the house. Because you found it. Does that mean you, you did a better job at researching than the prior? So, I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I think that, I think that um, what people don't, what people sometimes don't understand is, well, when, I, when we do title, part of us doing title as attorneys, if you're a buyer in Rhode Island, I have to go back 40 years to search. In Massachusetts, I have to go back 50. As an attorney, I am 15 not, or 50? 50. 50. So as an attorney, I am not going to the land record office and researching your title 50 years or 40 years. I'm calling a company that's an expert in searches, and they're going to give me a report. Now, can people make mistakes? Yes. So am I, do I believe the people that, that we use? Do I think they're good title examiners? Absolutely. But, do, you know, can I guarantee you that the reports, a thousand percent, a million, nobody, you know, was there and right. didn't see something? No. Right. Same thing with an attorney. I mean, like I said before, if you see somebody disclaiming their interest, it's very easy to say, I got the piece of paper that I need. He signed that he doesn't want his peace. So if you didn't, you know, if you didn't know probate law in Rhode Island, that was an easy one to miss. So, you know, I do think that at where it's a one-time deal and it's your house, I mean, particularly in this day and age where money is so tight, so that that type of, um, so let's say, let's say my seller didn't have insurance and let's say my buyer said, I can't wait for you to track down this man. And I don't want this title because I don't know if this man's going to come back. Um, so now my seller loses his buyer. The seller loses his buyer. And now he knows he's got a title problem. He's got no insurance. So he tries to fix the situation. Let's say he tries to look and he can't find the man. So what, what choice does he have? He has to go to court now, right? Goes to court to see if he can quiet title to remove the cloud on title. But that's going to cost him money. So in this day and age, like, you know, I don't know any court case that's going to cost you less than $5,000. I mean, small claims, yes, but something with title, you're going to need an attorney. You're not going to know how to write the papers. It's going to be very hard for you to do it pro se. You're not going to know what to ask for. Right. Um, you know, so when you think of it that way, I mean, I mean, unless you have, you know, several extra thousand dollars hanging around, you know, for your own self-insurance, <laughs> I don't think, right. you know, it, it's probably, I think it's worth the cost. You know, you pay Check for it at closing and you don't have up. to worry. Oh, McAree loan. Okay. So yeah. it covers the legal fees, uh, defense costs, yeah. resolving all these disputes. Um, mm -hmm. 
Does it provide for money um, compensation for losses due to a title defect or anything like that? So it, it could. So if you really, you know, I've never had a situation where I've seen a claim actually go through and a check issued, but that's just because most of the time in, in titles, when you clear titles, most of the time it could be fixed by having somebody sign something, by going to court, most of the time. But if it really devalues your property, I don't know, let's say there's a forgery, the person really owns it. You know, I'm looking at, at people's signatures on documents. I don't know if they're really the people. There's notaries on the documents, but how do you know? Um, so if it really devalues your property where your property is worthless, yes, it would provide for that. Thankfully, I've never seen that. Doesn't mean that it can't happen. Right. If you watch enough TV, you'll see advertisements for people getting their houses, the you know, title lock yeah. coverage, these title lock things where people come in and they, they get your title, they put it in their own name. And I, what? It, go ahead. Is, you probably know where I'm going with this. <laughs> is that type? Like, That's not title insurance. No, it's not. It? But does title insurance uh, help you in that regard? Or is that actually a thing? What they're talking about on TV? I've seen that, and I w yeah. wouldn't necessarily buy that. Is that a bunch and of nonsense? Know, yeah, I just think, I don't know if it's, it, it, to me, it sounds like a gimmick, but I don't know. It's a gimmick. Okay. Yeah. There, there, would be, there could be cases of forgery. Exactly. There, um, and particularly now, I mean, we've seen a lot vacant land or vacant properties right. where we don't really meet our sellers now. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, sometimes I have a seller who inherited a property. The person's passed away. The real estate agent's really helping them out with everything in Massachusetts, but my actual owner might be in Pennsylvania. Sure. So I've never met my, the seller. Right. So when you think about this, I have to be cautious to make sure that this person is this person and That's this person says, has a claim. But where everything is going away from all being at a closing table and all meeting each other, it, there is a possibility in the future that things could be forged or not be the person who they, because, you know, we're going to go into remote notarization. We're going to go into all of this at some point. They're already doing it in Rhode Island where nobody's going to meet anybody. Remote notarizations? Yeah. No more wet signatures in Rhode Island? Right. Really? Yeah, if you want. So in order to do that, like for Massachusetts, in order for me um, to do that, and right now it was supposed to be available January 1st, but the Secretary of State hasn't um, promulgated the regulations yet. So until they do that, we can't do this. But what will happen is we'll all be, we, we won't meet, even meet buyers. We'll all be sitting in front of a computer screen and an outside company will be checking people's credentials to making sure to make sure they're the correct person. So here's the funny part. I'm a Massachusetts notary, a Rhode Island notary. I can notarize the other person anywhere. So they can be in, in Minnesota. And as long as I'm sitting in Massachusetts and the notary is licensed in Massachusetts, I can notarize somebody anywhere. You've got the, you've got the power. Right. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see how that works. But I just think as we're getting further and further away from actual physical people in the, you know, in the office, you know, you might have other problems. And it does provide. So going back, I don't know if I'm going off track of your question, but it could, if you do lose the value of your house because of a title problem, yes, it could provide for payout. But thankfully, okay. 
most of the problems with the title can be solved by tracking people down, by getting the right people to sign documents, by going to court. And then once you solve it, your title's, it, you know, there's really no value lost because right. we fixed it. How about and, a boundary dispute, yeah. um, adverse possession? You know, you, you, you get a couple of acres and somebody's put a shed on your backy corner of your lot and they think that uh, they've taken it over by adverse possession. Does this enter into that at all? Or is that so, a different issue? So there's a lot of times there's exclusions on your title insurance. It depends on your exhibit A. And it also depends on what we saw at our at our plot plan. So for instance, if I do a plot plan and the plot plan shows somebody's shed on your property, right? A shed is something that most of the time can be moved off. So you call the title insurance company. This is what my plot plan revealed. Can I give my owner coverage over a potential encroachment on a shed? They may say yes. They'll ask you questions. They'll say, um, you know, do we know when it was installed there? Is it on blocks? Whatever. Is it movable? Because when you think about it, what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate risk and trying to right. eliminate um, so they don't have to, you know, pay out a ton of money. So for a shed, they may say, okay, so I can build into the policy that it covers that. If it's something like half of your garage, <laughs> no, because you can't hook it up and move it or part of your house. Yeah. Right. So it, it's going to, it depends, I guess my answer is it depends. Okay. Depends yeah. how severe the encroachment is. Right. Right. Okay. Um, that's fair you know, enough. We've had some pretty good ones. We've had, well, if it's a movable pool, like people, you know, I'm sure, you know, take the pool down or take, you know, <laughs> do what you can to move it. But if it's it's something bad, yeah. All right. No, I know you have to uh, skedaddle. Um, is there anything you think we should talk about that I wasn't smart enough to ask? Oh, you did you a lot. Let me see if I have any. Uh, well, we talked about how the um, loan policy protects the lender. Um, Are these expensive policies? Give a range. What, what kind no, of a they're not. Um, it could be. I would say a range. A good range is nine hundred to sixteen hundred around oh. there. It's not expensive. <laughs> if you're buying a six hundred thousand dollar house, it's like not a lot. No, and the thing is, is when you buy it at or the closing, when you buy the owner's policy at the closing, you get a discount on the lender's policy. You can buy your owner's policy after you close, but you can. You can. You can oh. buy it at any time, but after you close, you're paying the full price. Like if you get two things together, yep. they're cheaper than buying the two separate is basically. So most people, that's why most people buy it together. Um, so yeah, you can buy it at any time. If okay. I've convinced you to go buy it, <laughs> go buy it now. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is there's, there's two different owner's policies. So this is a good thing for people who buy multifamily. So, there's a standard, then there's an enhanced. Okay. The enhanced policies, some of the companies sell them and they protect from permits, like permits that weren't pulled or um, zoning issues. Like it's amazing what they can cover. So if you're buying a place where, you know, you, you think, well, I don't know what people did. I know it looks like there's new, you know, looks like there's a new um bathroom or they added something here 
an enhanced policy could actually cover you. And Does I think- Does it cover non-permitted work? Yeah, so I had a situation, a quick situation where um, in New Bedford and Fall River, you get obviously everywhere, you get smoke certificates. So we get a smoke certificate. And then a year later, the same woman goes to sell her house. She just bought it a year before and she had her smoke certificate. We Batteries are still good. Right. So she goes to get one and they come in and they tell her that there's a problem and that the, she needs a staircase and she needs all this stuff. And it's a $15,000 problem and they won't give her a smoke cert, which they issued to her a year before. What's, what's the thing with the staircase again? So there was, they claimed there was a violation of the width of the staircase up to the third floor. Oh, really? So they wanted her to put a window in. They wanted her to change the width of the staircase. This is a major issue. But yet her seller handed her a smoke cert signed off by the same fire department that now won't give her one. So guess what she did? <laughs> she filed a claim because she had an enhanced, enhanced policy. Don't know what's going to happen. There was, you know, they were basically saying that whoever put in that staircase did it wrong. And it came out, it came to light because of a smoke inspection by a different person in the fire department. So you never, I mean, you never know. I mean, is that going to, is she going to, is title insurance going to help her? She has an enhanced the policy. Fire inspector I don't know what. Dana's lane. He's not the building inspector, but anyways. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting. It's yeah. So it's, you never, you never know. So there's two different types. There's standard and there's enhanced so the enhanced policy might run you a hundred dollars more than the standard, and I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna push the enhanced all day long because of- you've got enough <laughs> bells and whistles that you want right minimal cost. Okay, Stacy mm-hmm. Serrato, thank you very much for coming on. It was very interesting. I learned a lot. Okay, thank how you. Could, how could uh, people reach you? Oh, sure. It's six one seven. Yep. Eight four seven four two zero zero. I'm an extension two one six. So you're probably the we, only Stacy in the building. Or in the I'm the only Stacy. Anyways. We close everywhere in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. So. Okay. Um, okay. Stacy, thank you very much for coming on. Great to see you again. And we oh. will talk soon. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Yep. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Pink Door Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. <laughs>